welcome to the Central Vineyard podcast. We're really pleased you've chosen to join us today. Our vision is to be a transformational church community, following Jesus, joining God in the renewal of all things. We'd love for you to join us in person if you're able to on a Sunday morning. If you would like more details, you can visit our website at centralvineyard.co.uk. Okay, so good morning. I'm Michelle, um, and I have the joy of continuing our series, I Am. I've cut this down a little bit. I'm really hoping I'll get you out of here before 12 o'clock, so we should be okay. So I Am, this is a series where we look at the I Am statements in John's Gospel that Jesus used to describe himself. I have to admit that John is one of my favorite writers in the Bible, don't know if you're allowed favorites, but there you go. Um, I love the way he writes and he highlights aspects of Jesus. It's like he wants us to know who Jesus is. It's said that to read John's gospel is to encounter Jesus. And that would be my prayer for all of us, that we would encounter God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in a greater way. So today we are going to look at Jesus' declaration that he is the light. But before I get into the message, let's pray. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and reveal more of God to us. More of who you are. More of who Jesus is and who the Father is. That we would understand, that we would experience the love and the grace and the mercy of an all-powerful God. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus is the light. Light is one of the repeated words throughout the Gospel of John. From the beginning of the Gospel, the writer talks about God as light. So if you have a Bible with you and you want to follow along, we're going to mainly be in the Gospel of John today. So you might want to open it there um, and follow through. The words will also appear on the screen. So John 1 verses 4 and 5 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then verses 9 and 10 of chapter 1 of John. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. John's heart, as he writes his gospel, is to reveal that Jesus is God. He wants his readers Those reading it for the first time over 2,000 years ago who had maybe even seen Jesus for themselves and us reading it today. He wants us to grasp that Jesus is God, always present from the beginning of time at creation to now and forever. God has and is revealing himself. He created light. He is light. We need light. It's important for our everyday comings and goings. It's one of those things that because we're so used to it, we rarely stop to think about it. 
Todd Hunter, who was for some time the national director of the vineyard movement in the States and is now an Anglican bishop, um, said in his book, what Jesus intended, finding true faith in the rubble of bad religion. Jesus was conscious of being the light of the world. To a, lo- a world lost in darkness, Christ offers himself as a guide. Jesus could do this reliably because he is the original and eternal source of light in the universe. But he is also for us. He is also light for us who are spiritually blind by birth. As Billy Graham, who's a very well-known or was very well-known evangelist, put it, what the sun is to the earth, Jesus Christ is to the human heart. Just that quote again, what the sun is to the earth, Jesus Christ is to the human heart. Jesus, the light of the world, is the one who shines on our human hearts. That's what he does in some way in the event that takes place in John's gospel, just before Jesus says he is the light of the world. And so I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I have it on my iPad just because the text is too small in my Bible to read it easily. So that's why I always kind of print the text out and don't turn to my Bible. Um, in the ESV, this story starts at the, begi- at the end of the previous chapter. It's a story that doesn't appear in all original texts of, that have been found of John's Gospel. And if you have a Bible, you might see that in the footnotes, that it's not in all manuscripts or sometimes placed in a different place within the gospel. And we don't know why the reason it is not in some, but there is a a thought that um, this story reveals something about Jesus that people wanted to keep hidden. This story is one that has so much grace in it that it will change lives. And there was something in that that people didn't want them to know. But whatever the reason it was omitted in some circumstances, for us, we can find it in John's gospel. And so I think there's something for us to grasp about Jesus being the light as we read it. So as I said, I'm reading from the ESV. And this account starts in John 7, verse 53. They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in Placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin again among you be the first to throw a stone at her. 
And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Verse 12 there, um, the final verse I read about Jesus being the light of the world, is often put in the next paragraph um, under a separate title. But we need to remember that the paragraph titles and the chapters and verses within the Bible weren't there in the original text. They're there for our purpose. They're there so we can find a place, a passage easier. And sometimes it really helps to continually read through the writings in the Bible without it all kind of like what people have put in there as paragraph titles. And so I think it's important the story that comes before that is as important as the story that comes after it. So here we have the religious people, the scribes and the Pharisees confronting Jesus, quoting scripture at him. Verse 5 is now in the law of Moses. What the scribes and the Pharisees were doing to catch a woman in adultery, we don't know. Surely they would, that would mean they knew it was happening. It had been something that was happening before. But there's no mention of that. They did nothing about it before, so why now? Where's the man? It's not something she could be doing on her own. There needed to be someone else involved for this happening. And there's that sense that the scribes and Pharisees are trying to catch Jesus out here. And really, they're showing no concern for this woman. They only care how Jesus may react. This poor woman is probably feeling pretty vulnerable. Her sin has been exposed. And in my imagination, she's been caught in the act, dragged from the scene, kind of maybe grabbed a cloth to cover any dignity that she had left. And here she is standing, waiting for punishment waiting for stones to be thrown at her, which was what the law stated. (laughs) That goes back to um, Leviticus. For sure, the woman is feeling afraid. There was that threat that she'd be stoned to death. She's fearful for her life. But Jesus deals with that. So reading from verse 7 of John 8. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. You know, we may wonder what Jesus wrote on the ground that caused them to walk away. We don't know. But the beauty of this story is that Jesus doesn't think he's done the job by... Like he he doesn't think that he's saying, I've won the argument. 
You know, that's not what he was in this for. It's not about him winning this fight. It's about him connecting with this woman, this person that's been broken and abused by the words and actions of others. I can imagine the shame she's feeling. She's feeling guilt, yes, which is the feeling we get when we do something wrong. But there's also shame, and shame is different from guilt. Shame is feeling that we are wrong, that our whole self is wrong. Brenny Brown, a research professor, defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Shame stops us from receiving the truth of who we are, of who God says we are. And that truth is that we are loved by him. Through Jesus' death on the cross, we are forgiven and can be washed clean of the labels and lies that have been put on us. Jesus shines light on this woman's sin, not to shame her or condemn her. He uses what was hidden and keeping her in darkness to bring freedom, to tell her there's so much more. Jesus, the light of the world, shines light into the dark areas of our lives to bring us from where we are to where he wants us to be. The woman in this story had a life-changing encounter with Jesus. Once everyone else had left, Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Jesus said, she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. She is not condemned. She is not shamed. She has been met with mercy. She's received the precious gift Jesus brings that we don't get what we deserve. And then Jesus invites her into a life of transformation. He tells her to sin no more. And whether you have yet to meet Jesus in a personal way, or whether you made that decision to follow him decades ago, he wants to bring light and life to us. He says to us, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He does not condemn us. He brings forgiveness, grace, and mercy. He shines light on where we are at to bring us from darkness to light. Jesus brings light to darkness in every area of our life, including physically in giving the blind sight. This is the next chapter of John's Gospel, chapter 9. It's a passage where, again, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So this is John 9, 1 through 7. As he passed by, he saw a a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, 
but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Firstly, let me say that making mud with spit and putting it in someone's eyes is not the standard way we pray for people. I have had to deal with a situation of a very well-meaning ministry team member that spat in the eyes of someone who was, to put it mildly, a little uncomfortable with what happened. I recommend we don't do that. John 20 verse 30 and 31 says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So Jesus did signs, um, and this is one of them. So in John's Gospel, we have seven I am's. The statements that Jesus writes, uh, that Jesus speaks about himself to reveal who he is. And there's seven signs. They're miracles that declare what Jesus does. And so the story of the healing of the blind man is one of them. Here we have a man blind from birth. And what Jesus does is simple. He heals him. He doesn't get into the argument about sin or about what others have done wrong. Jesus knows who he is and what he can do. He is the light of the world. And this miracle, the miracle of sight, is here to affirm that. The blind man is no longer the blind man. He is no longer one who walks in darkness. He now walks in light. He can see His physical eyes are opened. He can see his spiritual eyes have been opened. And as the words of the hymn Amazing Grace go, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And this because Jesus is the light of the world. Repeated words and phrases give weight to things. I am the light of the world is said three times in John's gospel with many other mentions of light. John 8 verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 9 verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And again in John 12, Jesus says, I have come into the world as light. John 12, 44 through 47 says, And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees who, him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me, 
may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Jesus came not to judge us, but to save us, to give life and freedom to us, to bring us back into relationship with our Heavenly Father who loves us. Bishop Todd Hunter, who I quoted from earlier, says, The light of Jesus is rescue from all the places where darkness traps us. It is salvation from disordered desire and addiction. Life of any kind cannot exist apart from light. Jesus' light is the source of hope. As is often said, hope coming from the light at the end of a scary tunnel. Jesus, the light of the world, wants to come and be light to us. But he doesn't force himself on us. He wants to be invited into our places of darkness. He wants to come and bring light so that we can see the way forward. There's a famous painting by Holman Hunt, painted in the 19th century, titled The Light of the World. It's a painting that shows Jesus at a door, which looks like it hasn't been opened for some time. It's overgrown. Weeds are growing up it. What is significant about this door is that there's no handle on the outside. Jesus, holding a lamp, stands there and knocks. Is it time for you to open the door and let Jesus in? And so as we ponder that question, if you are able and you would like to, please join me in standing. We're a little short on time, but I do think it's important that we connect with God and respond to his word. And so if you would like to, feel free to close your eyes. I'm going to read out some things that I just felt God might be saying as I was preparing this. Is there something you desperately want to bring into the light? Is there something that is holding you in fear? Something that has clothed you in shame? Jesus, in his love and mercy, wants to bring freedom today. Is there an area of physical healing you are hoping for? Maybe that is something to do with your eyesight. We'd love to pray for you this morning. Or are you standing on the inside of the door with your hand on the handle, internally debating whether to open the door to Jesus, the light of the world? Is this time for you to let Jesus into your life? So I'm just going to invite Holy Spirit to increase his presence here as we ponder these things.
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus, the light of the world. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and be present with us. That you would shine light on the things in our hearts. And give us courage to respond to what you are saying to us.